Alfred Hitchcock once quipped that drama is life with all the dull bits cut out. And so the role of the director is of the ultimate tailor. A snip here, a scene there, the meshing together of the different fabrics of our lives to weave a story and take us on a journey. I'm Martina Minow, and I'm delighted today to be joined by a man who Time magazine have described as the original storyteller and the ultimate creative. I'm joined by Roger Reinhardt, who will be telling us today about his new film of Mice and X-Men. Welcome, Roger. Why, thank you, Martina. What a lovely introduction. I do like that Time magazine quote. Thank you for putting that in. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. And so humble of you to have it tattooed on your person. I do, across my forehead, so everyone can see it at parties, but I do have a 4P fringe, but if you want me to lift it up, there it is. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, Roger. Now, Roger, of Mice and X-Men, absolutely inspired, I was riveted. Where did the inspiration come from? Well, funny enough, it came from Shakespeare, like most of my stories, and, um, and I realised that actually, if you read between the lines, there is mention of, um, of superheroes there. Um, so... This story, you know, it sounds like it's just going to be one of those normal Hollywood, overly CGI thing, mice and next men. But actually, it's quite intellectual. Mm. I felt it. I felt that. And I only engage intellectually, you know. <laughs> I obviously watched it the moment it came out. However, our listeners may not yet have seen it. Could you quickly summarise the film for us? Summarise the film? Well, it all starts off with this little church mouse, just coincidentally named after me, and he dreams of being a superhero to save, um, to save his family from the oppressive regime of the church that he lives in. They're hidden away in an organ. Uh, that's where they hide. But by gaining superpowers, they're able to rise up and break not only the church, but many of the establishments within society itself. Uh, I kind of see it as a kind of version of George Orwell's Animal Farm. Uh, everything is a metaphor for <laughs> rising up against oppressive societies. Yes, rising up, beating oppression, all from a little mouse. The symbolism struck me sideways. I was very moved by it. There was a particular scene in the church, in the church organ between Roger Mouse and his little sister that I won't lie brought me to tears. Yeah. Let's cut to that now. Roger, where are you going with that domino mask and that cape on your little mouse shoulders? Told you before, just because I'm small doesn't mean I cannot deliver. Mice like us, we're not supposed to change the world. We're just supposed to get dusty in an organ, occasionally eat through something important or fall for a glue trap. We can't tackle something as significant as the class system or the exploitative and misogynistic institution of marriage. This organ represents the oppression of the church, how each pipe is a pillar of its oppression. So if I cram myself into a pipe at an inconvenient moment for a song, that is a way of bringing down the regime. You always were the bravest little mouse I know. Go. Go, I won't tell mother or father or any other of our 36 brothers and sisters, many of whom we've already eaten. 
Bringing down the establishment one blow at a time. I loved it, Roger. Although um, I did hear there was a little bit of pushback from the Organ Makers Union. I hear that got a little feisty. Well, it is feisty. They're a feisty bunch. And they, they don't want to be caught up in the politics of it all. I mean, it is a big metaphor, you know. If you can shove your furry little body into an organ pipe, that's not going to make much difference but one. But if we all shoved our furry little bodies into organ pipes around the world, there wouldn't be any more organ playing. And if there wasn't any more organ playing, there wouldn't be much of a church. So, yeah, they weren't happy about the politics of it all. Um, so there was a bit of bribery we had to do to get any organ uh, into this film. Well, I appreciate your big picture thinking and going for the organ makers first. Well, that is different. It really is. Yeah. But it really got quite out of hand. We uh, we have got the clip from the BBC News where you, Roger, got into a bit of scuffle with uh, the chairman of the organ makers union. Roger, I don't mean to be rude, but you didn't come off very well. Oh, yes. Well, this was embarrassing. I had had a few drinks. Mm. I didn't realise that it was live on BBC News um, as I did it. But, you know, as part of the research in this movie, I had been researching Kung Fu. And as everyone knows, Kung Fu and whiskey is not a good mix. Kung Fu and whiskey is a risky business. Let's cut to the BBC News clip of Roger Reinhardt taking down the chairman of the Organ Makers Union. Look, we just think it's something of a negative... Fence of a dragon! <laughs> Barley of malt! No organs anywhere, it's all your fault! Oh. Uh, back to you in the studio, Hugh. I've never seen whiskey come out of a man's face that quickly. Yeah. It was quite impressive. Yeah. Well, I've got about a thousand more followers on Facebook from that clip. Mm, mm. How do you feel about this new trend towards being an influencer? Would you, Roger Reinhardt, describe yourself as an influencer? Yes, I would actually. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've been an influ influencer. I think, I think to answer that question seriously, I think everyone's an influencer because everyone influences everyone else around them. Like, no man's an island. And, you know, just by going into the shop and buying a packet of Tic Tacs and a Lion Bar, I'm already influencing the said owner of shop and person waiting behind me as I choose what flavor of Tic Tacs to order. So, you know, we need to get out of this mindset. It's one thing I was going to get across in this film, that we need to get out of this mindset that says that the only people influencing our world are people that we vote in or more often don't vote in, but get into power anyway. And if a mouse shoving its furry body in a little pipe can have can influence, then me buying a packet of Tic Tacs in the shop can influence, then you, the viewers at home or in the cinema, everyone has influence on everyone else in their life. And we just need to take back power uh, from giving it up to people above us and just realise that all the power we have is already within us. All of the power is already within us. There was that beautiful, passionate speech from, speech from Roger Mouse whilst riding a tic-tac through the centre of town. I couldn't believe it. I wanted to sign up. I wanted to be part of the mouse movement. It was such a compelling call to action. Let's play that clip now. They can take our lives. They can take our traps. They can take our cheese, but what they can't take is our ability to reproduce at a startling rate if unattended. It takes only a few weeks to reach sexual maturity, and the amount we can reproduce is startling. So why are we not the ones in charge? 
If we breed, we could overrun them and clog every organ pipe from here to Dundee. He's right, you know. He's right. He's right. He's right. And I promise you one thing. I will not be dictated to by some bastard rat. Yeah. Yeah. Down with the rats. Down with the rat race. Down with the rat race. Now, Roger Reinhardt, you have already been very candid about your political aspirations with this film. You have, however, been accused of building a mouse army, one that is unsustainable. Is it true, Roger Reinhardt, that your house is overrun with mice? Is that true? Well, you say overrun. I say uh, healthily, yes, yes. I did underestimate uh, how quickly a, a mouse or mice uh, will breed. Uh, you know, you purchase two mice uh, rapidly. Uh, you have about sixteen hundred. Uh, and actually, but the rapid amount of mice in my house while developing this film is what led me uh, to involve X Men as well, because I, you know, obviously needed something to lower the mouse to human ratio, and so I, I purchased a Wolverine. A Wolverine. Yes. My, where does one find a Wolverine? Well, it's an interesting story. Uh, basically, there's a man at my local pub called Terry, and uh, he's usually there at the bar. And if, you, if there's anything you want, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, um, you, he's he's the man to get it to you. So, yeah, slipped him a tenner, and there's a, a Wolverine appeared on my doorstep on a Sunday morning. Anyway, well, let's just put it this way. If there's one thing that's going to sort out a, a mouse overload, it's a Wolverine. Well, the Reinhardt household is full of surprises. I know exactly the man you mean, Terry. He gives me a nudge, nudge, wink, wink sometimes. He's quite the good lad. Um, I don't know if you know, but we did actually manage to get a secret clip of you from the Lonely Goat Herd that night, and we'll play it now. You and Terry having a quick little discussion. Roger, so good to see you. Yes, well, I, I, I was just wondering if um, I could possibly purchase uh, maybe a, 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 a Wolverine. A Wolverine, of course. I saw this request in a dream. I have one just for you, you know my fee. Uh, of course, ten pounds is always, Terry. Ten English pounds, and I'll make your dream come true. Answer the doorbell at 6.05 tomorrow, and ensure the mice are vulnerable. Okay, I will do. Can I ask why you insist on having a 1970s uh, English note? Yes, but I will not answer. It's for my own eldritch purposes. You see how I levitate just slightly off the ground? Yes, and your, your tentacles on your face are coming along nicely. Thank you. What a man. Monotone Terry, we call him. But he gets all the right notes. So, so Terry drops off the wolverine and you what? Let it loose on the mice? I let him loose in the mice, yes, and it was quite quite the battle. But that gave me the idea for the, a kind of pivotal part of the film, actually, of the because I thought, well, why have one X Man when I could have them all? And I, you know, the, the mice put up a huge battle against this Wolverine because they're very collaborative, actually, and they're quite ingenious. They even fashioned a catapult out of kitchen utensils, and uh, and this made me really think about 
the film, like as I watched them fights in the back garden and, and uh, the Wolverine devouring heads of mice and blood splatting against the glass of my greenhouse, I thought to myself, this is what my movie needs, a fight on the street between mice and X-Men. I see it so clearly now, Roger. That battle scene, I just wonder why there was a giant spatula in a battle scene, but it's all clear to me now. That battle scene, it put everything else I've ever seen to shame. It was extraordinary. It was frightening. It was fast. It was furious. Yes. We'll cut to. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, Hugh Jackman the Wolverine. I'm going to eat your little mouse head. Come here, you. Uh, no, please, Mr. Wolverine, not that. We only have one choice. Mice, form the Mousatron. Form the Mousatron. Form the Mousatron. My God, what are they doing? Wolverine, they seem to be compiling together. It's like the collaborative forces of an overpopulated but underrepresented class could unite together to form something more powerful as a unit than they could separately. There'll be no match for my didgeridoo of doom. The Mousatron, symbolic of everything, the uprising, the little mouse coming to overcome the oppressor. Oh. It made me believe in communism just for a moment. Very powerful. <laughs> it is. It is very powerful. It is very powerful. Yeah, the Mousetron, hugely symbolic of the fact that if we work together rather than apart, we can take over anything. And I think that's what, you know, the X-Men there representing the ruling elite race played by Hugh Jackman there. Uh, Hugh Jackman, incredibly difficult to work with in this film. Mm. Incredibly difficult. I did hear there was a bit of tension between you. Uh, can you expand on that a little, Roger? Well, there was a bit of tension because basically I have a huge man crush on him. He has quite the bod. Refused mm. uh, to let me oil him in the mornings. Um, I, <laughs> I wanted to... I wanted, I wanted, anyway, I'm not sure if I should talk about this. You know, I just wanted the look of, you know, his, his muscles glistening. So I wanted to oil him, but after the first hour of oiling every morning, he said, enough, Roger, it's time to move on with the film. I said to him, you know, the more oil, the better. So we negotiated into his contract and we had one hour oiling in the morning and one hour oiling in the evening. He didn't understand why he needed to be oiled in the evening, but it's just so I could plan the shots the next day. One thing I noted in the film is he had exceptionally smooth, silky skin. And it's thanks to your dedication, Roger. I know that was an entirely selfless act and you were just thinking of his paws. So I won't judge you for wanting to oil Hugh Jackman. Any good director would. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think, it, I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. It's that attention to detail that makes your film so compelling. Now, Roger, I've heard a rumour that there is another film in the works. Can you confirm? 
I can confirm that there is. It's very exciting. It's called uh, Weasels and Batman. Weasels and Batman. Oh, my word. I don't want to be too crass about it, but weasels are my absolute favourite animal. Yes. So underrepresented, you know? Yes. Um, weasels and Batman. What's it about, Roger Reinhardt? Well, it's about this one. It is about the Olympics. Weasels have been previously unrepresented at the Olympics due to huge anti-weasel prejudice by the Olympic Committee. Um, and so they train to join the Winter Olympics where they want to do the ski jump. Um, and they seek advice from a mentor, Batman, who has access to the technology and physical training skills to help them get there. And he's not used to snowy conditions. Um, and so they struggle along the way. They have many struggles, but well, will they win? the Winter Olympics or not? Well, you'll have to find out. There's a little trailer if you'd like to see it. I absolutely would. Let's cut to the trailer for Weasels and Batman, directed by Roger Reinhardt. And starring Christian Bale. I am the knight, but sometimes the work of a hero has to be done in the daylight. In front of the Olympic Committee. Um, sir, please, please, you can't be in here. We're discussing the order of people coming in with their flags this year. Damn it! I'm a hero. <laughs> if I want to be in an Olympic Committee meeting, oh, damn, I'm gonna be in an Olympic Committee meeting. <laughs> sir, please, please, don't punch the community leader from Japan. I'll punch who I want. I'm Batman. Sir, please, you can't bring live animals in here. This is my prize athlete. This is Winnie the Weasel. And this is Roger the Weasel. And they're in love. Sir, we've told you, we're not discriminating against them because of their sporting prowess. It's because this is a human-only competition. I don't want to hear it, Sebastian. I don't want to hear it. Do you hear me? I don't want to hear it. I'm Batman. This fall, coming to cinemas and only cinemas. All right, fine. Well, they're in animals. Jesus, just, you know, I don't know what country they're going to play for, but fine. Gotham. We're our own country now. Well, I can't wait to weasel my way into the premiere for that one, Roger. Do send me an invite for the red carpet. Oh, I will, Martina. I will. Uh, as you see from that clip, my, my favourite bit is that Batman keeps telling everyone that he is Batman, uh, leaving absolutely no doubts to viewer or other actors, who he is. It's exactly that kind of declaration that I really admire in your work. One always knows where one stands with a Reinhardt. Yes, yes, I do. Well, Roger, we're coming to the end of our interview now. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners to take on board today? Well, listeners, I just want to say that whoever you are, wherever you are, put your furry body in a pipe and you'll be able to fight back against the leaders so stuff it in stuff your furry body in that pipe climb in there stuff it up make sure it stays stuffed in there stuff that furry butt in the pipe keep it stuffed keep it stuffed down there listeners keep it stuffed in that pipe just stuff it down and then maybe get some other furry body next to you and stuff yourselves down those pipes of oppression yes 
stuff those types of oppression listeners, stuff them good. The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira. With special thanks to this week's guest, Steve Rowe. IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner. Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths.